Friends, welcome back to Take a Chance on Me, where we savor Catholic sacred chant and polyphony one morsel at a time. I'm your host, Gwen Christian, and I believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to understand and appreciate chant. I hope the beauty of this music soothes your spirit, helps you to pray, and if you attend Mass, enhances both your experience of and participation in the liturgy. This upcoming Sunday, we will celebrate the first Sunday of Lent. Hopefully you were able to attend an Ash Wednesday Mass and receive your ashes, and hopefully you've taken up a Lenten practice of additional prayer, of fasting from food or media or anything that your heart knows you need, and taken up some extra giving of your time, your talent, your treasure this Lent. Let's take a look at the text for this week's chant. Now, this week's episode marks a bit of a momentous milestone for us here at Take a Chance because it's the first time we have circled all the way back through to the beginning of the liturgical calendar when we started the show. So if you want to hear this week's companion episode, episode two hones in on the introit for the first Sunday of Lent in Vokavitme. This week, this year, we're going to focus instead on the offertory chant. Here is the text. Scapuli suis obumbrabi tibi dominus, et subpenis eus sperabis scuto circumdabi te veritas eus. The Lord will overshadow you with his pinions, and you will find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will encompass you with a shield. Before we listen to the chant, I just want to point out to you, I feel a little bit like one of those news reporters saying, there's a once in a lifetime celestial event happening tonight. But this is a really interesting week, liturgically speaking, because almost all of the chants for the first Sunday of Lent come from Psalm 91. That introit in vocabitme is verses 15 and 16. The Gradual, which we have yet to be able to feature one of those on this show, but the Gradual is verses 11 and 12. The tract is verses 1 through 7 and 11 through 16, and both the offertory and the communion chant this week are the specific text, Scapuli Suis, verses 4 and 5. Now, in addition to that, the lectionary of cycle years A, B, and C are all focused for the first Sunday of Lent on Jesus' temptation in the desert. This year, we'll hear the reading from the Gospel of Mark, and next year it will be Luke, and the year after that, it will cycle back to Matthew. If you're wondering why we're only hearing from what we call the synoptic gospels, never fear, there is a lot of the gospel of John featured during Holy Week. So John gets his time to shine. Let's listen to Scopoli Suis. Oh, 
And that brings us to Musical Musings. As always, if you want to see a PDF of this week's chant in square notation, all you need to do is go to the show notes and click on the link that you'll find there. You're able to see right away that this week's chant is in mode eight. Mode eight is evoking a mood of triumph, and it certainly is a moment of triumph when Jesus vanquishes the tempter in the desert. Interestingly, the communion chant uses the same text, but sings in a different mode, mode three. And that is emphasizing an intensity of feeling, which can either be joy or sadness. It's so interesting that one text could take on two different interpretations, and we get to hear them both in the same liturgy. To that end, I've added both the Offertorium and Communio versions of Scopoli Suis to the very beginning of this week's Sunday playlist. So be sure to listen and give yourself a chance to compare and contrast the moods evoked by each of these settings. In episode two, our chant nerd term of the week was mode. We're going to kick it up a little notch this year by distinguishing between authentic mode or plagal mode. Plagal modes are even numbered, so two, four, six, and eight, and the authentic are the odd numbers, one, three, five, and seven. There is a lot of minutiae to do with music theory as it pertains to Gregorian modes or Byzantine modes, or there's even more. But for now, it's just enough to know authentic is odd numbered, plagal is even numbered. Let's move on to resonant reflections. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says this about Jesus' temptation in the desert. The Gospels speak of a time of solitude for Jesus in the desert, immediately after his baptism by John. Driven by the Spirit into the desert, Jesus remains there for 40 days without eating. He lives among wild beasts and angels minister to him. At the end of this time, Satan tempts him three times, seeking to compromise his filial attitude towards God. Jesus rebuffs these attacks, which recapitulate the temptations of Adam in paradise and of Israel in the desert, and the devil leaves him until an opportune time. Now, even though this year's lectionary cycle has us hearing a pretty short and condensed version of the story of Jesus' temptation in the desert, both the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke go into detail about the conversation the tempter has with Jesus using scripture in order to try to tempt him. One of the scriptures he references is, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So Satan's actually quoting Psalm 91, the same psalm which is overwhelmingly featured in this week's chants. This is the primo example of how scripture can be twisted for a lot of different purposes and not all of them are of God. Let's return to the catechism for one more gem. The evangelists indicate the salvific meaning of this mysterious event. Jesus is the new Adam who remained faithful just where the first Adam had given in to temptation. Jesus fulfills Israel's vocation perfectly in contrast to those who'd once provoked God during 40 years in the desert. Christ reveals himself as God's servant, totally obedient to the divine will. 
In this, Jesus is the devil's conqueror. He binds the strong man to take back his plunder. Jesus' victory over the tempter in the desert anticipates victory at the passion, the supreme act of obedience of filial love for the Father. We can connect this moment in the gospel with a verse from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 13 says, No trial has come to you but what is human. God is faithful and will not let you be tried beyond your strength. But with the trial, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. Jesus shows us this example for not being tried beyond our strength and the Lord providing a way out. Because in his temptation in the desert, he shows that he is a high priest able to sympathize with our weaknesses. In every respect has been tested as we are tested, yet without sinning. And that's another scripture reference, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15. So as we meditate this coming week on the temptation of Jesus in the desert, of his scriptural combat with the enemy, and of this idea that we can hide beneath the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. Let's look for opportunities. Let's ask God to open our spiritual eyes to see those moments when we think that there's no way out, or no way out of a problem, no way out of a temptation to sin, and to ask the Lord to give us the grace to see the way out. This would also be a really opportune time during an examination of conscience, either as a daily practice or immediately preceding the sacrament of reconciliation, to examine situations in your life that the church would define as an occasion of sin, a place that you put yourself into, a circumstance which makes it more likely that you'll commit a sin. So a person who struggles with drinking too much, they want to consider avoiding going to a bar. A person who can't control their spending should probably not casually hang out at the mall if they're not there to buy something specific. Let's look this week for an occasion of sin in our life that we could turn away from. For it is far better to run like the wind away from an occasion of sin than to try to prove our ability to resist a temptation while sticking ourselves right in the middle of it. Let's close the show with my favorite segment, the Sunday Playlist. Listening to each week's Sunday Playlist is as simple as going to your show notes and clicking on the YouTube link. Now, normally, I encourage you to just put it on in the background, but there's a couple of tracks this week that you really ought to sit down and listen to without any distractions or interruptions. Now, I already mentioned that the first two tracks of this week's playlist feature Scopoli Suis, the text, but the two different versions of the chant, the offertorium, which we focused on this week. But then track two is a chance to hear what the communion chant sounds like. So it's the same text, but it's a different melody in a different mode. Track seven, we have Palestrina, who, you know, you never go wrong with a Palestrina. But track nine is the one I want to encourage you to sit down close your eyes and listen to without distraction. It's a composition by Javier Centeno, sung by the Chicago Chorale under the direction of Bruce Tom and Taman, don't know. But Javier's composition is breathtaking. It is exquisite. It is prayerful. 
It also features a female solo part, which is executed impeccably. I wish I knew the name of the soloist, but you'll at least be able to see her face if you watch the video. And then finally, I know that there is controversy around on Eagle's Wings. Some people don't like it. Some people reject it because it's just of the era of post-Vatican II folksy music. Uh, but I want to encourage you to listen to the particular arrangement, which is track 12 of this week's playlist. It is an acoustic reimagining of On Eagle's Wings, sung by contemporary artists Shane and Shane. Even if you think you don't like On Eagle's Wings, give their version a listen and see if you still feel the same way. That's all I have for you today. But I'll be back again next week with another episode. Thank you all for joining me on this journey. I'm your host, Gwen Christian, and please tell all your friends to take a chance on me. school.